Welcome to Clit Talk. The Pleasure Positive Podcast. We're like the sex ed you wish you got. And then some. Pussy, pussy. It's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. Hello, Clitorati. We're here from the Clit Talk studio with a very special episode today. If you tuned in last week, we had Carrie McDonald on our show who really brought in a conversation we've been wanting to have on the show for a long time, um, which is transgender, non-binary, gender identification. And this week we have a very special guest who is willing to share their own personal story with us. We have Sean in the studio. Yay! Welcome. Hi. Um, and this episode is extra special to me personally because I just had someone in my own family come out to me as transgender. So I'm really interested to hear what Sean has to say so that I can support that family member as best I can. Um, and we're really, we're really good. We just want to learn your personal story and everything we can. And one thing that Carrie really created for us was there were no stupid questions. So I hope we don't ask any stupid questions with you, Sean. <laughs> um, and that you can be generous with us because for some of us, this is a new conversation. We just really appreciate you being here. Sean flew out from out of state just to be here and um, really just like your stand for the community. And we're just really happy to have her here. So welcome, Sean, to the Clit Talk studio. Thank you so much. So first question, tell us a little bit of background about when did you first know how did you get? Because from from my conversations with you and prepping for the episode, I realized that this you coming out is coming out the proper terminology for mm-hmm. okay yep. coming out as so you were born a male mm-hmm. and you're coming out as tech, non-binary, mm-hmm. which means you don't necessarily identify with either gender or both or both or both. both. Okay, yep. so you identify with both I would gender. say I have a wider gender range than most people. Okay, got it. Okay, so I would love to just hear like the background story, your childhood, how did you get to this point? And how, so, so just for our listeners, how old are you now? I'm 53. Okay. So 53. Why, why now? Why now like come out as non-binary? What was the journey leading up to that? Well, I've always known from my very earliest memories that something was up and growing up as a boy, you get all kinds of messages, you know, don't throw like a girl, um, you know, you're a pussy. You know, you don't want those sorts of things. So a lot of negative messages. So um, I, you know, picked up on those things and being, you know, street smart, (laughs) um, filed it all away. Mm. And so that's pretty much been how I've been operating for most of my life. So knowing that you felt a difference or a relatedness to both genders, but kind of suppressing the more feminine side because you were like, I don't want to be For bullied. Sure. I yep. don't want to be. Absolutely. I'm just going to stick inside this gender norm that I've been given and just continue through life that way. Mm-hmm. And I, for the most part, I think a lot of that will continue. I mean, society, this is a lot about what society thinks. And so just because I'm here now at 53, I will probably 
continue on in that way in some respects. But if I knew what I knew now and the re- same resources were available, if I was five or eight, I probably would have made a different choice for how I would have lived my life. What would that choice have been? I, I would have chosen female. You would have chosen female. Mm-hmm. So, so is it that, would it be safe to say like, just because you didn't have those resources, you now feel obligated to live both genders? And No, I've never been unhappy being a boy. Um, okay. And I've, I've never been unhappy being a guy. I've just, I'm fine with it. In fact, there's some um, something called gender dysphoria where people might feel like they are so uncomfortable with who they are. Maybe they want to go have surgery or whatever. Uh, they say, I'm not who I look like from when I was born. And I've never had any of that. And so it was difficult to really kind of sort out what was going on for me because I didn't have this dysphoria. And so what we figured out, it's the persistence and the duration of the feelings I've had. And then something actually that is really only coming to me in the last maybe couple of years when I started to figure out what non-binary was, that's actually a thing. <laughs> so yeah, what, what is but non-binary for those of us who don't know? Sure, it, it, it's all under a trans, uh, transgender umbrella. So you, um, most of the time when people think of someone who's transgender, you think maybe Caitlyn Jenner. And that would be an example of a binary transgender person going from male to female. Okay. I'm not Caitlyn Jenner. Um, so there's, there's, you're under not. The, no, I you're not. not. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I thought that was our guest nope. tonight. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Um, so, uh, there's, so there's kind of two subparts. There's the whole binary part and then there's the non-binary part. And so there's all kinds of different variations. So you might've heard things like gender fluid or gender queer. Um, I like non-binary as a way of referring to myself just because it feels, well, it just feels the best description for me. So Okay. And that, and that means that you don't, you identify as both male and female. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. I'm curious, and this might be like one of those awkward questions, but what were the sort of things that you suppressed about yourself growing up or into your adult life um, that you feel like you would have expressed more had you known what you know now? Sure. No, that's great. Well, one of the most obvious things and what people would think about the most would be like clothing, makeup, so forth. But it's also just in how you get along and interact with other people. Um, And there was a lot of male behavior that I didn't identify with, (laughs) didn't want to have anything to do with. And I would have been just as happy going off and spending all kinds of time with girls. In fact, I often had um, friends that were girls. So I thought that was kind of unusual. I noticed that all my life too. Mm. You were actually married to a woman and you do currently have a girlfriend and you have children. I do. So we were talking a little bit about the difference between gender identification and sexuality. Can you speak a little bit to that and the fluidity of that conversation? Sure. There's probably um, four different things that kind of make up the whole gender conversation. There's your gender expression, which would be how you present to everyone else. But then there's also your gender identity, which is how you view yourself. And so that's mostly, I guess, in your head. Um, then there's who you're attracted to, which would be your sexual orientation. And so is it you know, male, female, both? Um, and that can be broken down even further. And then there's also how you were born physically and what sort of you know, genitals you have. 
And sometimes that can be ambiguous too. So with all those four different things, that makes up the gender story. And with all four of those things, you can be anywhere on a spectrum for all four. Any combination is possible. They're not related. We can be just a mix. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, it's, so awesome, it's so confusing for, for people, right? Like who don't know anything about this conversation. This is fascinating. You were born a man. You with male genitalia, I should say, right? Is that the? Mm-hmm. Is that what I said? Sure. I don't yep. even know. So yep. um, <laughs> when they when you were born, they looked at you and they said, "Yeah, that pretty That's much looks penis. like a boy." I'm blushing. Yep. Okay, so you're born a boy. If you would have had the resources, you would have transitioned, like had the surgery to become a a girl. Well, now that I don't have any idea about. That you I, don't have any idea. I, I probably would say no because. Okay. Well, I don't know actually. That would I haven't thought about that. <laughs> okay. Um, right. But that is really not a, an essential part of my gender conversation. And for a lot of people, it isn't, from what I understand. Mm, okay. So you would have not had maybe this surgery, but you would have identified on the exterior as a girl or no? Mm-hmm. Yep. If I think, you had the... I think probably, my guess would be more on the exterior. Okay, on the exterior. I don't know. Knives, surgery. I mean, I think you recently had a show or episode where you talked about um, facelifts. and um, <laughs> With Carol Montgomery. Oh, my gosh. Ripping yeah. the skin off your head. Who needs that? That's, <laughs> I do. Right. It keeps me so young. Looking. You do not have a facelift. I don't have a facelift, but I did get a vampire facial. No, it's a vampire no, she facelift. Was talking, she was talking about a Two facelift where they like literally like rip your skin back. Oh, my mom had one of those. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I think yep. she's, she's going to kill you. <laughs> we had Botox parties growing up in our house. It's great. Anyways, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to Botox. Anyways. So I'm just, you know, and so you didn't do that and you suppressed being um, any feminine tendencies that you had a lot I'm of. I'm not sure I suppressed it as much as I didn't let anyone else know. Got it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you okay. hit it. Now there's this non-binary because of all of that experience where you get to live both genders. Mm-hmm. So you have two wardrobes. I do. Okay. Do you ever combine the two to give it kind of like a, because like, I don't know if you can see my swag a little bit, but do you ever blend at the same time? I, of course I do. And I, and if I'm looking for anything right now, it's a way to have a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel your happy medium all over you right now, by the way. Because when you said non-binary, I looked you up and down and I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling that. No, because I think it's uh, uh, just to your point is it gets collapsed with sexuality. And um, our tendency is to want to say, oh, okay, you're transitioning so suddenly you will like the opposite sex even, or will only want the opposite sex even, or will suddenly all of a sudden want to have a vagina 24-7. What I'm getting from this is it's like, actually I get more options here a little bit. And to like, just say the elephant in the room, like, so you have a penis, right? (laughs) Is that an appropriate question? I (laughs) I thought there was no inappropriate questions. No, it's just only no dumb questions. I might ask inappropriate questions. I think (laughs) as long as there is no malicious intent, I think anything is fine. I'm not going to answer your question. (laughs) Oh, keeping it mysterious. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's, yeah, that's that's probably something you don't, really want to ask someone who's transgender because it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. Yeah. It, That was kind of what I was trying to get to and it doesn't matter asking an inappropriate question is 
that's not the point here. And especially in a non-binary conversation, it's the last thing to do with the equation, in fact. Well, I wouldn't say the last, but it, it's part of it, but it's a private part of it. Mm. So basically, it's no pun actually <laughs> really inappropriate to ask somebody, no, this is, it's so, I just on air asked you the question you don't ask somebody, right? Exactly. So it's a learning opportunity. That's perfect. That's why we're doing the episode. Thank so you for being everyone with else me. can learn from our mistakes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's good. Well, now you know. Please don't ask somebody that. It's it's not something you ask them. Well, you know, it's, I've it's never not... been asked that question before, and today I've been asked twice. Oh, what? Really? <laughs> Where was the first place you were asked? <laughs> well, I was having a similar conversation, and it came up, and so, yeah, I... But I answered it in that case, but that was a little different situation. Okay. Because we're not talking to like several thousand people right now. That yeah. has a lot to do with it. <laughs> right now you right. are talking to several thousand people. <laughs> so I want, I want to backtrack a little bit to your, your backstory. So I've always been personally curious and let me know if this is also an inappropriate question. I, I see so many times people who are transgender and non-binary, they, you know, before they come out, they marry in a heterosexual way. And then they come out and their partner has the choice to stay with them or not, basically. Um, so, and, and forgive me if this is too personal, when you, when you were married, did, did you being non-binary have anything to do with your marriage ending? Well, yes, it did. It did. Okay. A smaller part, okay. but yes. Okay. And, and how, how did that affect you? And then I know you're in a new relationship now. Can you share a little bit of the process of that? Yeah, like, how does that work issue. out? It's a huge yeah. issue. Okay. And, um, yeah. And so I've really only had one really negative, bad experience with even sharing just even the smallest mm. amount of being um, transgender or non-binary. And that was when I was married. And it became an issue. And as other issues, which were probably more important, came together to end the marriage, um, it was used against me. And um, it was, you know, used basically as a knife <laughs> to even cause as much damage as possible. Fortunately, that didn't happen other than losing a lot of money. But, um, but that was years ago. And so when I started this new relationship about five years ago, I didn't want anything to do with non-binary, transgender, anything. Mm. I, I wanted to figure out what it was. I didn't have those terms then. And so I was committed to figuring it out. And, and that's why um, I started seeing a gender therapist. And I'm here to tell you, to make that call was really, really hard. To, to call a therapist. Yes. My hands just started sweating. Yeah. Just thinking yeah. about making that call, yeah. right? Like, <sighs> not that I've ever even had that experience. I'm cisgender. Like I've always felt a match, but I just go, I know that feeling like, or, or that call that you make. And I'm just going, what, what was the process? Yeah. Like that led up to that sort of like snap point where you're just like, this has to change. I really liked who I was dating. Oh, we love that. (laughs) So you made the call. What you made the call and then what? Well, um, then a, a lot of therapy sessions. <laughs> and um, it's surprising how much gender touches every different part of your life. And so it became a much larger conversation and all kinds of different things. But it was always like, okay, so what's going on for me? And, and how do I tell my girlfriend? Mm, she had no idea. Well, 
as we moved along through this, I would talk about just specific things, you know, like maybe I would buy some clothing that was women's and just to see if I could get her reaction to start a conversation. Mm. And so little things, you know, breadcrumbs. And sometimes those would lead somewhere and it would be for good conversation, but sometimes it wouldn't. Got it. Sometimes, um, as I'm told, I left out entire loaves of bread. <laughs> and those never went anywhere. It wasn't until I went and chose to put non-binary on my driver's license that that's when things changed. That's when like, what? <laughs> hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week, and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex, and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So, I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk, and they were an overwhelming yes. So now, you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. Got I it. can imagine that that's um, just given your story and also given the sort of four categories and the melting pot that that can be. Like, I know when you look at communication and, and studying, right, like uh, how we language things and how we um, ask for what we want. Like a huge portion of that is knowing what to ask for, right? And mm. for all of us, we have a very um, interesting brain chemistry where, you know, we might be asking for something from our partner and we don't even really know what it is we're asking. Was that the experience? Like you, when you're leaving those breadcrumbs, because if you don't have words to define, like what sort of difference did having the term non-binary make for your life when you're like, oh. Well, before <laughs> I even started using non-binary, I was realizing this expanded range. And I, no one has ever really talked about that. That's kind of my own invention. Maybe someone else has talked about it. I just haven't heard of it. But um, that's just, I just was trying to stay away from language because language has changed so much just in the four years that I have been learning about it. I'm learning about new things about gender. Even today, as I was preparing, mm. I was learning about new things about gender. And so things that words that we're using today didn't even really weren't in any widespread use four years ago. Right. Mm. So it's really tough to be able to figure out. So I, I I did get coaching and I did try to stick with very specific things about how they might, you know, manifest themselves in a day-to-day -day basis, like, you know, how you're going to wear your hair or whatever. So you, you went to therapy and you recently started to come out to some more intimate members of your family, like your children and your and your parents and stuff like that. Can you share a little bit about that experience? Right. That was um, that was even more terrifying than making the call to the therapist. <laughs> um, but I, I did talk to uh, one of my closest friends, and it went really, really well. And I told another, but then I started like, why? What? What's the advantage of me telling other people? I I don't know how much my life is going to change. But as I started thinking about it, it was like, well, you know, if you have a secret, it's a barrier. And so I don't mm. have the barrier. And so even though it it's probably not going to really make a whole lot of difference in the relationship with my friends or family, um, 
it was important to not have that barrier. Yeah. Now, would you wear, you're wearing makeup right now Mm -hmm. and it's very natural. Would you wear makeup around your family before having a conversation, this conversation that you had with them? Or would you hide that expression of yourself? (laughs) I I did not do that. (laughs) (laughs) But would you maybe feel comfortable like being your fully expressed self now that you've had these conversations? I know it's really Um, fresh. Well, let me put it a different mm way. Let's just say you're having your own private experience and someone happens to stumble in. That's like bad scenario. And so if you follow it out a little bit further, yeah, you probably don't want to have any initial conversations in that role. Yeah, I think it's like, I'm just imagining, I'm imagining like if somebody's not set up for it correctly, right? That that's a very disconcerting thing to stumble in on, right? So mm-hmm. you're responsible for it and and in a weird well, not a weird ways, but you're suppressed inside it, right? You can't express yourself outwardly the way that you would like to at all different times. Do you feel total freedom now or are you still a little? No, I'm, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I've maybe about 15 people know um, that I've told, maybe they've told other people, um, but I don't, I'm not feeling a huge desire to tell more people because I kind of feel like, well, I'll just be who I am and they can respond however they want for the most part. But Something really did amazing happen as I started telling people. Like the first seven people I talked to, I almost everyone had a connection with transgender. So um, uh, someone was a roommate with a transgender person, and they went through their entire transition while they were roommates. Someone had a very long-term relationship with a transgender person, and this is the first time they'd ever shared it with anyone else. Another one dated a transgender person. Another one had a niece and an aunt, I'm sorry, a niece and a sister-in-law that were transgender. Another had a a work colleague come out at work and um, go through a transition, and they put on a seminar. (laughs) And um, that person attended the seminar on transgender, and I'm probably forgetting something else, coworker. uh, I mean, there's just, yeah. And so... Basically, there were seven huge stories that came out from the first seven people I talked to. Wow. Yeah, that's so amazing when it comes to communication, right? Like by by giving permission for yourself to be known, you actually gave them permission to have like access to a part of their lives that they had not felt freedom around, right? I couldn't agree with you more. And I didn't have any idea that that was happening until yesterday. Wow. I mean, and I when I realized that, it's like, wow, that... I, I guess I helped to unburden them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's freedom in in the sharing, right? <laughs> For sure. So this is still so fresh. What oh. was it that I have to tell these 15 people? What was the catalyst to that? Well, um, let me just tell you how it went with when I told my kids. Great. <laughs> um, I just said, so do you know what non-binary is? And one said, Oh, yeah, 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 sure. sure. I'm non-binary. Pause. Oh, wait a minute. What? <laughs> and that was the whole opener for the conversation. And I was surprised because things I got back were right away were, thank you for telling us. Um, what pronouns? do? How should we adjust to this? What's going to be changed? I mean, it was all welcoming, all positive, nothing negative. And then we just kind of left it at that. And people can ask questions whenever they're ready. That is so fabulous that kids these days yeah. are just like, oh yeah, I know what non-binary is. And oh wait, 
what is it exactly? Oh, what would you like to be like? Really? What pronouns this would you like? like to be? Well, that's pronouns? so woke. I mean, it's, it is. It's so woke. Well, and you know, um, I did come across some new research. One of them was from UCLA Law, and it was done two years ago in two, 2017, I think. And um, they surveyed uh, kids between, I think it was 12 to 17 in California. And they found out that uh, 27% are non-gender conforming or, you know, non-traditional, whatever. Then of that group, so that's tw- a huge number of yeah, non-conforming. Yeah. Um, to, of that, 6.2% were highly non-conforming. So I don't know exactly what they mean by that, but I guess I can imagine. Um, and then the other thing I came across was about millennials. And sugar. This, sugar. Was, <laughs> this was in 2015. She's 25. And they did a, a, a survey and found that 57% of females um, in that uh, roughly same age category, uh, well, they're millennials, that's the age category they're in, um, viewed gender as a spectrum. And 44% of males in that same group viewed it as a spectrum. So it's really just us older people who have to wrap our brains around this and, and react the way that these younger generations are. Yeah, I mean, I talked to my niece who's like 19. She just started college and she's like, oh yeah, everyone's bisexual. Like, it's like, if you're not bisexual, you're weird. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're op- they're so open. They're so open-minded to things that I, I know I was joking about this just the other day with you guys, but even... Even the 18-year-olds to the 25-year-olds right now, like, it is just, like, night and day. It's, I mean, yeah. we're in different generations, right? But yeah. but kids these days have just so much more yeah. access, right? And and there is such a broader conversation. When we spoke to Carrie on last week's episode, we were talking about, you know, um, accessibility to resources, to community, to things that weren't available Sean, when you were younger and, and you know, it's all great to look back in hindsight and go like, oh, if I'd known then what I know now, I would, I would make different choices. But the reality was, is there wasn't that um, accessibility or availability to even a conversation called gender non-conforming, right? Like when you're born, and we, we talked about this, you're attached to a story called your genitals are who you are in a lot of ways, right? And defines what you play with or what you have access to. And I think the opening of um, a conversation called what actually is uh, sexuality, gender, uh, who we are as the 7 billion people that wake up on the planet. Like, to me, I go, I think about all the differences that are between all of us in our sexual preferences. Like, we're all women in this room and we go, but we all have different sexual preferences, different things we like, different ways we want to, you know, be touched, held, hang out. Like, why wouldn't that expand across everything that is to be human, right? And and having that new conversation. So I think you're incredibly courageous for one, coming on the show when um, it's so new for you. And two, just in general for living your life. Like I think about the things that make me feel not accepted and uncomfortable and like the things that I'm afraid to talk to people about. I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like wow, really get over yourself. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's like, there's like, like something I recently, Sugar was bringing up. Like there's, so there's, there's a range in your sexuality, right? Like you can be like totally heterosexual, totally homosexual or somewhere in the middle, like some of us. And then there's also a range of monogamy too. And now I'm getting that there's like a range of gender. Like you can be on, you're not just man or woman. There's a whole, there's a whole range of gender fluidity that, that, that exists that we just, that I think 
a lot of this country doesn't want to acknowledge and it needs to be it needs to be talked about. So yeah, thank you for coming on and just being like being willing to share your story so vulnerably and courageously. It's like I said, it's an episode we've been wanting to do for well, so long. Like I said, I'm learning new things all the time. And the thing that I learned today was even like with sexual orientation, who you're attracted to, who you want to kiss, right? Uh, yes, um, care. And, and you can even break that down into two parts. You can have physical attraction or you can have emotional attraction. Yeah. But what if you want to kiss the boy and the girl? I think you should kiss who you want to kiss. And, you know, if you've kissed both, both are good. Like, Well, now going back to what you're asking no about gender. in the relationship. Now yeah. that is an issue because if you're in a relationship and all of a sudden this new information comes to light, you know, the person you're with, are they still going to be attracted to this new information? Right. So um, if you are going to fully transition all the way and change to the opposite gender, you know, the person you're with gets to decide if they're attracted to that or not. And it might come down to a conversation about what you really love about that person. Mm. Um, and they might be okay with it. And, and I hear a lot of stories where people end up deciding that they are okay with it, but wow. some aren't. And a lot of it has to do with sexual orientation. Yeah, I mean, I have to be totally honest. When I hear stories of, you know, men who transition to women and then their wives stay with them, I think about myself and and I understand the concept of really loving somebody. But I can't honestly say, like, as open of a person as I say I am and I'm on this show, I don't know what I would really do in that situation because— like a, a manly man like turns me on, but I don't know what I would do in a situation if I was like truly in love and married and had children with somebody. Like I, I really just have a lot of, I guess empathy is the right word or understanding for like that, that situation. It's, it's, um, it like, you know, maybe love does conquer all sometimes. I don't know. I like, I, I've put, I've thought about it for myself and I'm like, I honestly don't know what I would do in that situation. Do what well, it kind of forces the gender conversation yeah. and the self exploration on your partner. Mm. And they have to think about all those things. And that's difficult to do. It took me four years <laughs> to get where I'm at now. So, yeah. Well, and you've known since you were little, you said. So and it's I, really yep. taking you like 50 years. So you have to be very patient with who you're with. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? The person that you've been with your partner has really changed, even though you've started to be able to accept and express who you really are from the exterior. You know, I just had an experience recently and I told an old girlfriend. Okay. And the response just, you know, my head just sort of exploded mind. on that. What she said to me is, well, you know, that's kind of how I've always seen you. Huh. And oh, it was wow. like no big surprise. Yeah, like you don't change your voice. You maybe put on an, a little. Well, I actually have taken voice lessons. So in, in the last my case, four years. Yes. Over oh, the last great. Can we hear your female yep. voice? This, this is, is it. it. This is oh, it. This, this is, is it. it. Oh, okay. You want to hear my male voice. I won't do that though. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so you have a male voice too. It's much deeper. Oh, okay. Do you okay. use that voice at work? Do you change you know, your voice I at work? use all kinds of different voices. I am not as skilled as, say, some of the voices I've heard come out of Lindsay's mouth. <laughs> Lindsay <laughs> right. <is> a professional. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, everybody changes their voice to some extent. And so, um, yeah, it's just maybe it's like speaking a little bit of a different language. I don't know. I'm okay varying how I speak. I had this acting coach in school. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I had to change my voice because she was like smoking your cigarette. You guys so start smoking cigarettes because your voice doesn't match your face. <laughs> oh my god! And you'll never work as an actor ever if you don't change your voice. Because I was, I'm from Ohio, and I was like talking up here all the time, and like really in my nose. And I had to learn how to drop my voice. So I guess it really does make a difference for anyone. Well, the, the main reason why I started to learn how to speak a little bit differently, and it did take some time to figure it out, is. If I am going to present in a more feminine way, there's nothing that will just rain down uncomfortable situation more than right. all of a sudden talking. Hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, you're so not. it's a little bit out of necessity. Right. Sorry, that was probably Do you think really not PC. Your mannerisms change because you have um, mannerisms with your hands that are very feminine. Do you think you did that it's before? The same reason. Okay. Same okay. Reason. Yep. It comes with the voice. I think so. Okay, cool. Yep. But I would like to have more of a happy middle. So, like, one of the things that I do get concerned about is when I'm out and about, if some guy holds the door for me, I wonder what's going to happen here. Okay, is this person going to all of a sudden figure out who I really am and then be angry? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and so that can be an uncomfortable situation. So, for reasons of personal safety, I want to be able to fit in as much as possible. So part of it is that. You, the fear of like getting your ass kicked. It, it's real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I can imagine, especially, you know, like we're from LA and I think very um, exposed to uh, all sorts of, of different things. But I, I travel the country extensively with work. And I just know that this conversation is not a widely accepted conversation. There's right. parts of the country where this is just totally not accepted. There are kids growing up in households where this is just totally not accepted. Um, and the interesting thing for me has been, how do you find a place to have a conversation that will make a difference um, with those people, you know? And I think this this forum is a big part of why we do what we do, right? Because if you're not talking about it, if you can't hear about it, if you can't access it, then you're sort of locked in. But I mean, we should identify the fact that there is violence against transgender people across this country, um, you know, from not only people on the street, but like also a non-acceptance inside of society and, and some of the society There's rules. a lot coming from the top right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think... Um, looking at how we deal with the conversation of like dignity and human rights inside of um, what maybe like to me seems like in a lot of ways like trivial, right? Like because I accept it and I'm like, okay, that's fine. But it's it's not the way of life. Um, and so how much of that impacts you on a daily basis? And how much does that restrict who you are on a day-to-day um, situation? Because that's just somebody opening a door. Right. I yeah. Um I feel like I blend in pretty well. So I I overall I'm not too worried about it. But the one thing that does come to mind is in different parts of the country, if I'm in smaller towns or, you know, whatever, not in a big city, it actually is much easier to blend in. Um <laughs> just because they're just not expecting that. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god! Did you guys ever see that movie like Tu Wong Fu with like Patrick Swayze? They're all like dressed as drag, and they like their car breaks down in like this small town, and they like transform the town like with 
No. I don't, I don't know. It was one of my favorite movies growing up. It. It's such a good movie. Too Wong Fu. <laughs> I know Carrie did a, a really great job in last week's episode of creating for us, you know, just carry on as normal and is the best way you can support somebody that's coming out. Um, in your experience, what have been some of the best reactions that you've gotten in coming out? So for anyone who's listening that is wanting to be supportive to someone else coming out, like some of the, can you give us some like examples of things sure. we can say that are good? <laughs> I feel like I've been very fortunate and I've had just a whole bunch of good reactions. Um, one I've heard a couple of times is, hey, you got to be you, um, mm. which is really great. Um, I've also heard something to the effect of who cares? Um, and I get what they were saying, which means this is no big deal. Um, you know, maybe this is a really big deal for you, but it's fine, whatever, you know. And, um, you know, just kind of carrying on and plan the next thing together. <laughs> just yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah just um, carry on. Yep, just carry on. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much it, for really just from literally flying out of state, like your commitment to honoring truth is just really evident in the studio tonight and to just having being so new into your journey and to be willing to just be so vulnerable with us and to share your story so candidly I know it made a difference for me for the person in my life that's just recently come out to me I feel like I I know how much better to support them and 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 have such a better connection to them um and I'm sure some of our listeners anyone going through the same situation or anyone in the future I feel like this is a conversation that is definitely not going away um so thank you so much for just coming on and being with us tonight I was really happy to be here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for any of our listeners who are looking for resources, glad.org, G-L-A-A-D.org backslash transgender. If you go to that link, they have tons of resources um, for um, the transgender and non-binary and um, gender fluid community. We love you, Clitorati, and we hope this episode made a difference for you. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Yay! Bye! Bye. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if you're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated. And thank you.